This is the Chi Chat Podcast with, with Chiquita Searle. I am Chiquita Searle and this is Chi Chat. Thank you for joining me today. Now, without further ado, I am delighted to announce that we have Alita Bryden with us today, or Ali to her friends. I have not asked or checked with Ali yet to gauge whether we are friends, but I'm going to assume by the end of this two hours we will be because we are going to be locked in this tight little studio together. Ali is a writer. She is a dating expert and she is the creator of the Bad Dates of Melbourne and Bad Dates of Australia Facebook pages. Ali's social media presence has been described as a national phenomenon by the media with a cult following of over 200,000 of which I am one. So, I always like to provide a little bit of a story on how I meet my guests and I actually hadn't met Ali until today but I have been following the Bad Dates of Melbourne Facebook page for many, many years and I thoroughly enjoy the dating mishaps which people write in about and I have often actually screenshotted some of my favourite ones and sent them to men that I'm chatting to because I find them so amusing but also of course to ensure that they don't try any funny business with me. So Ali has joined me in studio today and And we are going to be chatting about lots of different things, but the first hour is going to be dedicated to Ali. Uh, So we're going to talk about her adventurous and slightly unusual childhood spent tripping around the world and sleeping in combi vans. We are going to be talking about her love of dating and how she managed to get herself banned from Tinder. So I'm looking forward to that one. Uh, We're going to talk about how Bad Dates of Melbourne and Bad Dates of Australia started and how the brand took on a life of its own. And then we're going to talk about how she became one of Australia's most prolific experts in the dating space. So we are very fortunate to have her with us today. Welcome, Ali, and thanks for being here today. Thank you for having me. And can I say before we get started, we absolutely are friends 100%. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> that's a bit, that's a bit of luck. <laughs> well, to be fair, you have no choice in the matter. I've decided, Ali. Um, so I always like to start in chronological order with my guests. So let's talk about your childhood. So you did have rather you unusual one, but I will get to that shortly. But you're a Melbourne girl born and bred. Yes, I am. So tell me about your childhood and what you were like as a little girl. Oh, look, <laughs> I was a very entrepreneurial, uh, confident little girl. And um, we did a lot of traveling growing up. So, um, you know, every year we would go somewhere different. We were very, very lucky. Um, I remember at one stage we took uh, six months and we drove around Europe in a combi van and I would sleep in the combi van every night doing this like hardcore backpacking and sightseeing. So how old were you when this happened? I mean, because obviously, um, yeah, I mean, when we chatted initially before this chat, you you have so many interesting, unusual experiences and that <laughs> one stood out to be. So how old were you when that happened? Because you have two sisters, so it's your parents and three, three young girls. So how old were you all when that happened and where did you go? Oh, that trip in particular, I think I probably would have been about seven. Uh, but we were travelling here, there and everywhere uh, from that age to, I don't know, maybe about 16 or so. Um, but my parents, I mean, they love to travel. My father lives in New Zealand. My mother is currently in Costa Rica, uh, where she lives. So I don't know. I think it made us um, very, uh, how shall I say, flexible people, very hardy people, if that makes sense. I think it would have um, built your resilience, certainly, Mm -hmm. because we didn't really go on holidays as children. And I I think our ones were mainly camping. And oh my gosh, I would have been terrible in a combi van. I couldn't even go in a tent (laughs) with running water. I'll tell you what, after you do all that hard 
hardcore backpacking as a child. You hit 18 and you go, no more tents for me, no more combi vans for me. So five just star hotels. <laughs> yes. will, you, will you glamp though, Ali? Will you glam? No, I don't Come even on, want to glam. Come on, a romantic getaway or no. away with a tinted aid glamping. I, I need to charge my phone. It's <laughs> <laughs> not going to happen. <laughs> I do like my creature comfort, so I feel you on that. So I was just about to say, because you mentioned that um, it was more uh, sort of backpacking, mm. hostel kind of experiences rather than your five stars. So mm. can you tell us um, a little bit more about that? Because when we chatted, you said you you were about six and you remember sleeping on the platform of a railway station <laughs> yes, in India. I and did. I kind of just, I it blew did. my mind because I just couldn't even fathom that. I I did. Yeah, and tell look, us about that. I mean, yeah. Look, I do want to stress my parents. My parents are very. My parents are very responsible people. Like you know, they weren't you know irresponsible or anything like that. Uh, but they did want to show us the world, and mm. they didn't have heaps of money, and they did. That's how they did it. And you know, I think it worked out for us really well because, like I said before, we're really resilient people now. So, I mean, not everyone gets to travel, and that's I very mean, true. the fact that they made that happen, and we didn't have a lot of money. I mean, that's incredible to me. So. It so do you have a love of travel now or do you prefer to stay inside and enjoy your really comfy bed and pillow and Netflix? And I love to travel. Um, and as a single person, well, I am a single person, I think Ooh, most people. Fellas, you know. don't worry, I'll let you know Ellie's details later. <laughs> so you slide uh, into her DMs. I am a single person, but I, I think for me, um, a few years ago, I realised there's a lot of travel to be done and if you wait for a partner or plus one to do it mm. you're not going to do it well if you wait for anyone to do anything you're not going to do mm. it i think yep absolutely the time so, is nigh Ali. yeah so a few years ago i decided what the hey i'm just going to do it myself and i started taking trips by myself i went to malaysia i went to cambodia i went to vietnam went to a few different places in new zealand had the time of my life so you know it's been great i've been i've been really lucky so where did you travel through europe in that combi van i mean six months is a fair chunk of time to be spent in because i come from a family of five myself and i cannot imagine the five of us in a really small space for six months. I mean, I'm just thinking about that now. And I think it's starting to give me anxiety. Um, so how did you do that? I mean, how did the five of you travel around for six months in a combi van together and not kill each other? I don't even know the answer to that, to be honest. Uh, we are a quite loving family and we are quite close. So, I mean, it, it, in terms of, you know, relationships, it all went, you know, fairly smoothly. But I don't, I don't know. I, I, I think kind of looking back, it was just such an exciting and adventurous period of my life. Like we did all of this crazy stuff growing up, uh, but, you know, we were loved. And, you know, it was, they were interesting experiences. So you just kind of roll along with it. Oh, they're so unusual. I mean, mm. you must look back now and just think, oh my gosh, I was so fortunate. Um, well, so the bare bones, the no gloss traveling. So what did you, besides the resilience piece, which you've, you've already mentioned, what else did you learn from it? Because something like that is just so raw. And I feel like um, it's quite character forming, especially in your formative years. So what else do you think you took away from it other than the resilience piece? You know, this relates to dating a little bit, um, asking for what you want. Like we would go to a lot of places where you needed to like barter in a market, for Ooh. example. So, you know, asking for what you want, 
being prepared to negotiate for what you want um, and, you know, um, being able to do that confident back and forth, I think, um, was really, you know, it was a skill that I yes. learned and I still use it today to in barter? dating. To, well, to barter. In dating? I don't want to talk about... Specifically? Well, yeah, and I don't want to talk about people like they're a commodity or anything, but I think for women, um, we can be quite hesitant to ask for what we want that and to true. negotiate and sometimes we give a little bit more than what we should be. So learning those skills as a child about bartering and negotiating, I mean, it put me in a really good spot in for relationships. So you feel quite comfortable now because of these experiences, setting your own boundaries, asking for what you want and deciding if this is actually for you. Oh, absolutely. And also it's the power of walking away when you're bartering, right? If you don't get what you want, you need to be confident enough to walk away. And that's the same with relationships. If you don't get what you want, you have to be comfortable enough with your life and what you've got to be able to walk away. Oh, Ali, I just love this already. You all these. <laughs> um, so, did you? St- because obviously, in your when you're a child, friendships are really important. And you, if you're away a lot and if you're traveling a lot, did you struggle to maintain friendships, or were you that cool kid in class who got to go on these really adventurous trips? Was everyone just envious because they were having to stay at home over I Christmas, and you were ducking off to India and Peru? And <laughs> I love that you thought that I could ever be a cool kid when I. I'm not, I was never a cool kid. I'm not a cool kid now by any means. I think. I think 200,000 people who follow you would beg to differ, Ali. Oh, well, the thing is, like, fast forward to now and you look at social media and you look at influencers and you think, well, I think there's something cool about them, right? But there's nothing cool about me or Bad Dates of Melbourne. It's all very real. And, you know, I eat KFC and shop at Kmart and I'm pretty down to earth and but pretty chill. But I think that's why it is so cool because it's so relatable. And I see myself <laughs> in some of those stories in all honesty. This is Chit Chat with, with Chiquita Searle. So we are back with our guest, Ali Bryden. She is one of Australia's leading dating experts and she's the founder of the Bad Dates of Melbourne and Bad Dates of Australia Facebook pages, which now boast over 200,000 followers. So we're going to get into the the meaty stuff now, Ali. So mm. <laughs> brace yourself, gird your loins. Uh, so, funnily enough, you actually described yourself as a late bloomer when it came to love. You oh didn't yeah, have a boy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we all. Yeah, <laughs> you didn't have a boyfriend in high school, but then you found love with a very lucky young man in your early twenties. So, how long were you with him, and what ultimately brought it to an end? I was with him from about 21 through about 26. That's solid. Yeah, and look, he's a nice person. Mm -hmm. And he was a nice person when we went out. But I think when you get together with someone when you're 21 through to the point you're 26, you change. They are formative years. So we just became different people. Mm. And look, I am still, I wouldn't say I'm in close touch with him, but I am in touch with him from time to time. And he's a nice person. But we, you know, we changed. it just ran its course? It ran its course, yeah. So it was an amicable end? There was no dastardly dealings from either party? No, no drama. You'll never see him on Bad Dates of Melbourne. (laughs) (laughs) Sadly. Never see him on Bad Dates of Melbourne. It was all quite good. And, you know, the thing with relationships, just because a relationship ends doesn't mean that it wasn't successful. (gasps) I love that. I actually heard Jennifer Aniston say that about her two marriages. She Mm. didn't ever consider either of them failures because they ended they were successful for her. They yep. served a purpose in her life for that time and they were successful. And that has stuck with me. So that is so interesting that you just said that. So can you please repeat that for the 
I can't even remember what I said. I, I think I said just because back. just because a relationship has ended doesn't mean it wasn't successful. Correct. I mean, you have good times, you have good memories. Sometimes you have children. You bring value; they bring value. Oh, absolutely! And for that period of my life, it was a good relationship, and you know, it ran its course. It ended at a good time, and now you know it, it's all worked out well. So you came out of this relationship and you discovered Tinder and you became, these are your words, Ali, a little bit of an addict. So this was circa 2010 when the dating apps were still quite new and had a little bit of stigma attached to them because I remember the time, well, I downloaded Tinder and I remember not telling anyone. Uh, so tell us about your first dating experiences on Tinder and what you loved about it. Well, I actually think it was even before Tinder that I got started. I got, think I got started on good old RSV. <gasps> P oh was the gosh, first cab off the rank, the and it was really different back then because it that was, was only on the website. There was no apps back yeah, then. Yeah, there was there was all on the website, and there was no and swiping. And like you said, back then dating online, I mean, it was for dorks. I mean, it wasn't Such it wasn't normal. Thing. And you know, people would be like, "Oh, how did you meet your partner?" And they would be like, "On the internet." <laughs> and you're like, "Oh my gosh, <laughs> tragic." And over the years that um, you know, over those first few years, it, it really changed. Um, um, and it, it was fun. It was fun. And for me, um, being someone who'd, you know, never had a boyfriend throughout high school and then entered a long-term relationship, it was this amazing, exciting world where, uh, you know, there were all of these romantic possibilities. And, you know, that's that's a thrill. So RSVP <laughs> then was your first foray into dating. Mm. So do you remember your first date or even your first match? Or do, you, oh. do you remember your first date, Ali? Come on, give us the you, goss. You know what? I think think that I do. I met a guy uh, at Riverland in Melbourne and... He was, you know what? He was nice. There, it was a very. Did he look like his photos. He did look like his photos. He was very pleasant. Good. I think we talked for maybe one hour, and mm-hmm. then we went our separate ways. And I never saw him again. Never and he heard never saw me again. Hide nor hair. Yeah, and that's the thing with online dating. A lot of times people go, "Oh, you know, worst thing ever, worst thing ever." Actually, you know, there. Are, you, sometimes you get great results, but a lot of the time it's just like, "Oh, you know, we had a nice chat. It didn't work. It was ho hum, and we no went our separate ways." Yeah, and he was very much that. I mean. No idea what his name is or anything. So you know, maybe he's listening. But you know, it, it was all, it was all right. What do you call them, John Doe? <laughs> <laughs> so you were on RSVP. I think you were on eHarmony as well, weren't you? I was. So were there any standouts in terms of good or bad dates? Were there any that you thought, oh my god, this is this has legs? Or were there any that you thought, oh my god, what am I doing here? Exit stage left. Code red. Code red. Oh my goodness, that is such a good question. Um, look. I reckon they might have been posted on Bad Dates of Melbourne anonymously, so I won't go into too much detail. I do remember going on a date with a guy and he spent, I think it was like 10 or 20 minutes, talking about the preparation of hot chips. And by that I mean he was like, I took a potato, I peeled a potato, I chopped a potato, I heated up the oil. Now, Did if he you, have a flow chart? No. It, <laughs> no. It probably would have made it more interesting. <laughs> a, um, visual, it was, a visual assistant. It was a bizarre and, and strange no, he just wanted just to tell had an me. affinity for potatoes. He was very hungry uh, oh. the night that we um, went after we had the date, and he wanted to tell me all about the hot chip prep- 
preparation and, and I feel like I'm like I won't lie to you I feel you boring even like retelling the story <laughs> about the hot chip preparation because it is kind of boring to retell but you know it was a weird experience and but that might have just been so fascinating to him he thought that must have been just the most fascinating chat he could bring to that day I don't know like, like it, it was very strange and I think with um did you sit here there um politely and listen. You know what? I, I did. I did. And to, the thing with um, online dating, um, we all have, and well, not even just Blind online spots. dating, all dating, we all have a bad experience mm. at some point um, or a boring experience or an unmemorable experience. And I think that's why Bad Dates of Melbourne has been so successful because, you know, you read the stories and you go, ah, oh, you know, that happened to me or that happened to someone like me or I can relate to that. Um, and we've all had bad dates. So speaking of which, my worst date I think is the one where I met him on Chapel Street and he was not 5'11, he was about 5'4 and and I'm not tall and fortunately I was not in heels but he was we were on eye level and from then on I always take at least 2 inches off a man's height because I don't think they've actually measured accurately. Well, it's funny you say that. So with men's heights, I was reading the data on this um couple of weeks ago so with men's heights uh, the data was showing they kind of all aim for around six foot whereas for women women also are quite you know a little bit dodgy about their height are we yes they are so I they they aim myself. for they aim for a benchmark of about five six uh, oh. so women are kind of airing towards five six so there is this is that kind when of they're five eight they pretend they're five six yes oh, yes and the amount of messages people get are uh, based on height changes as well so you know very tall women get less messages as opposed to ones who are in that shorter demographic. So height is one of those really interesting things there where we kind of feel like, oh, you know, uh, men are, you know, doing dodgies with their height, but women are also doing dodgies with their height because with online dating, dating, we're all doing dodgies. I have a tape measure. Does anyone need my tape measure? (laughs) But that date, that was not the bad bit about the date. That was just the start of that date. He told me how he got his girlfriend deported because they'd broken up and so he had a Deported, and he thought that that should that's good first date Light chat conversation. for me. <laughs> I just thought, and then he argued with the bartender because he he bought a bottle of Shiraz and wanted it um, served in a champagne bucket with ice. It really says someone. It says some something about someone when they argue with um, people argued, like, like waiters and waitresses. I almost died. I hadn't had my first Shiraz, you know. Horrendous. What happened with this person? Oh, nothing. I exited stage left quite quickly. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, but that that one stood out for me. Uh, But it's not about me, Ellie. I apologise. We've gone off track here. Back to you. Uh, So, you – this is the story that I want. So, you got yourself banned from Tinder. I did. So, can you tell us how you managed this and then how this story then went viral globally? So, on Snapchat, you can make these quirky little filters. And I always thought they were quite fun. So, I found one which was a six-pack of eggs and you could put your face on the eggs. So, so you superimposed your face onto the correct. half dozen eggs. Correct. So, okay. it's got a six-pack of eggs and there's a little face on each egg, mm-hmm. which is my face. Yeah. So I, What made you decide to do that? You know, <laughs> I thought it would just be hilarious because that's my sense of humour. Like, I've, I've got a quite a silly sense of humour. I'm not a serious person. I thought it would be funny and I do love dating, but I don't take it seriously and I think that think that's how it should be. Like, mm. it's in, you're meant to enjoy it. Yes. 
So I got this ridiculous picture of me as a packet of eggs, put it on my Tinder, and I don't know how many hours it was up for, but I got, I think, something like 534 matches, mm-hmm. and then Gosh. I was banned. So essentially, I was banned from Tinder for being an egg. Well, sign of fertility. What is it? The data. <laughs> they they must be. And who doesn't like an egg? To be honest. Well, I have one every morning, <laughs> poached. <laughs> but I think it was something about this picture of um, the eggs with my face on them that you know men thought it was quite funny, and you know they all wanted to match with me. So well, humor is important. Eggs. I think humans are re- humor is a really attractive quality in someone. Absolutely, and, and the ability to make fun of yourself. I think as well, especially I, online. I think so too. And you know, uh, men l- like a sense. Of humor. And so then, what woman. happened? Did you chat to any of these matches, or um, or did, what happened with Tinder? Then, Do you, were you banned before you got to chat? Or a few, well, I wasn't banned for a few hours, and a few of them sent through messages, things like, um, you know, what's cracking, or you know, just imagine <laughs> oh, like the, the the worst egg puns that you can think of. Like they were terrible, but oh, they were also I really don't funny. Mind that. Well, it was I funny. Think that's kind of funny. They're running with your uh, theme. Well, I quite liked it because some of these guys they were quite funny with their egg puns. But then I thought to myself, oh. You actually don't know what I look like, so I don't know if I can go out with you. <laughs> it's like, I've, you know, I've created a bit a of a problem for myself. Is here, Ali? Oh, well, you know, what if I show up and they were expecting the eggs? So how did you get banned? Did Tinder then, do you think you were reported or do you think Tinder saw this flurry of unusual activity on this particular account? And mm, Who knows? Who knows what happened? All I know is when I looked at uh, Tinder at one point, I got an error message and I Googled it and it was like, you've been banned. And I thought, oh... <gasps> Banned for being an egg. Banned for being an egg. And it's just rude. And so then what happened? It went viral globally. So you wrote a story about it then. I did. I wrote a story about it for news.com.au. And I'd never read it. Did you just pitch it in? Did you just think, I'm going to write this story? I'm going to write about it, my experience. I'm going to pitch it into news.com.au and see if they buy it. A friend um, who was a journalist said, you know, this is a hilarious story. You should write it. And, you know, I'd never written anything in my life. And I thought, why not? So I churned out, you know, 500 words. It probably took me, I think, I think it took like 30 minutes for me to write the story. I mean, I wasn't, you know, I'm not going to win the Pulitzer for anything. I mean, it was a story about me being banned as a packet of eggs. It wasn't exactly, you know, highbrow content. But Sometimes um, we don't want highbrow, Ali. <laughs> yeah, but Sometimes I, all we want is the low. I sent it off and I think it was two nights later. It was in newspapers and media all over the How world. How did that happen? So it was just syndicated across or someone syndicated. just saw it on news.com.au, picked it up and ran with it? Syndicated. So where was it? Where did it go? Because it went um, viral globally. So where mm. overseas did it get picked up? Oh, the USA, Africa, Europe. I mean, oh, you, na- you name it, it was everywhere. And it's funny because the day before it um, was released, I had um, a family member call me up and I, I told this per- you know this person about the fact the story was going off and they said to me, are you sure that you want this out there? And I thought to myself, do I? And I thought... Yeah. yeah, it's silly. It's fun. it's fun, and it's it's Great me. Story. It's me. I'm not a serious person. I've never been a serious person, so you know. I think was it, had you already started Bad Dates of Melbourne at that stage, or I was had, this just before? I, but it was it, Bad Dates of Melbourne had started, but it had only been around for maybe two or three months. Had maybe well, it was on topic. It was on theme on for you. It was on brand. It was this yeah. new, interesting uh, area you were exploring. So yeah. to me, it makes sense that you you would. Oh, uh, look, if you know me as a human being, you will know that these silly, stupid little stunts make sense when you know me as a person. <laughs> so 
mean, it was it was on brand. No, so I just want to touch on because dating can. Um, I, can, I think it can result, because I, I know we all have a love-hate relationship with the apps and we can often be on it for a little while and get a little bit burnt out, delete them. So, I mean, have you, you experienced a little bit of dating burnout, didn't you, uh, after dating, your initial uh, sort of dating frenzy? Yeah. Uh, so tell us a little bit about that. Did you experience any kind of mental health side effects from it or what happened for you there? You know what I think it was? I, I wouldn't really say mental health side effects, but... I think everyone gets to a point with dating apps and dating where you go, I need a break because mm. it's fun. And when it's fun, you can, you know, go quite hard and go on a lot of dates and, you know, um, it's enjoyable, but, you know, sometimes you need a bit of a break. And I, I think with dating apps, I mean, I love them. I use them all the time, but, you know, every so every few months or so, I will have a bit of a break and sit out for a while. And I think that that's perfectly healthy. So I went hard, but then I chilled out. I think that's actually perfectly healthy too. And just on that, I have you ever felt any anxiety before going on a first date? Because I often have felt a lot of anxiety to the point where I've actually, uh, I've been guilty of rescheduling you know, quite um, close to the to the date because I felt such anxiety from going and I just mm. couldn't bring myself to, to do it. So I, I, I rescheduled. I said I was sick or something. So you have you ever felt those kind of emotions? And how, how would you recommend someone like me who might be experiencing that going on first dates would manage that? Oh, it is totally normal to feel yeah? an- oh, anxious before a date. I mean, <laughs> I would say I'm a, I'm a pretty confident, extroverted person, but even I, um, from time to time, feel a bit nervous before mm. a date. It's only natural. Um, there's kind of like two levels you can look at it from. So one is like, you know, you can listen to a bit of pump-up music and, you know, just, you know, put yourself out there and just go for it. Um, and then the other one is, you know, it's like looking after your mental health, really, um, and making sure sure that you know you've had a good night's sleep and you know you've talked to your doctor if you need to do that and kind of setting that foundation for good health this is the chit chat podcast we are here in studio with our guest ali bryden ali is the brains trust behind the bad dates of melbourne and bad dates of australia facebook page pages i should say multiple plural and we are going to be delving into that but stories about and by ali and the bad dates of melbourne crew have been featured in countless publications including as she mentioned before the herald sun abc the a Sydney Morning Herald, 3AW, Mamma Mia, and of course now, Chi Chat. So, Ali, let's talk turkey. And before we actually get into it, I want to let you know that the questions have already started to filter in from listeners <gasps> yes. for our dating segment. So, we've already had three come through. So, oh, we are going to be getting to that. Uh, but let's talk about bad dates of Melbourne. So, take us back to the very beginning. How did this phenomenon come to be? You know what it is? For years, I have been telling bad date stories for, to my family and friends. And they would always say to me, Alita, you've got to write a book. These are hilarious. You know, what are you going to do with them? And I was like, no, no, no. I don't want to write a book like, you know, too hard. And then one day I was talking to a Tinder match, oddly enough. And he's like, oh, you should write a book. And I said, no, no. These are actually perfect for social media. Mm. They're bite-sized content. So I set up the Facebook page and started sharing my own story and anecdotes and soon people started joining in and it all just snowballed from there. So why do you think it became so popular so quickly? Do you think it's because we are all literally out there blind as bats trying to navigate our way through a minefield without losing a leg? 
They are funny stories and they are relatable stories. We've all had bad dates. I think because it's bad dates of Melbourne as well. Mm. You know, these are happening all around us, these stories. They're happening to potentially people we know, us, you know, they're all around us. So when you hear about the characters in the stories, you think and you go, oh, could that be so-and-so? Like, it's very juicy. Well, it is juicy. I've actually considered writing in about a couple of mine, Mm. you know, about the one that I I shared before. So no need now. I've told you all about it. So take us through a day in the life of Bad Dates of Melbourne. So how many hours does it take per day? How many messages are you receiving? What's the process of actually getting a post up live? Oh, God. I don't want to think about how many hours a day it takes to run Bad Dates of Melbourne because it is, I mean, Bad Dates of Melbourne is a labour of love. It is very, it it takes a lot of work. Um, Probably the page gets maybe 30 messages a day. They're not all stories, but most are. Um, what else so, are you getting in there? People asking uh, out for dates? Sometimes, but chicken nugget memes. I mean, oh, oh. everyone knows I love chicken nuggets, so I get a lot of chicken nugget memes uh, drop in the inbox. And I did actually, <laughs> a friend of mine, Sally, shout out to Sally, did say to me, can you please ask Ellie about chicken nuggets? I was like, I will, I will. <laughs> I do. I am quite fond of the chicken, the chicken nugget. I mean, So what is it about chicken nuggets? Because you're always saying that you're in a relationship with chicken nuggets, but the thing is, I love pizza, and I'm thinking, am I eating the wrong chicken nuggets? Because I just don't understand. Where do you get your nuggets from and why are they so good? Look, uh, I do love nuggets from McDonald's and I have very poor cooking skills, so I do eat them a lot. It's funny because I didn't actually realise that people were picking up on my love of chicken nuggets. It started a couple of years ago and I reposted this story recently. It was a guy who um, I was just laying in bed with him and he felt, he he ran his hand on the sheets and he's like, what's this? And I was like, oh, my chicken nugget crumbs. I was eating chicken (laughs) nugget crumbs in bed. So I posted this story and I think people kind of cottoned on to the fact that I was eating like more than my share of chicken nuggets. Well, that's an assumption. I mean, look, it was, it's quite funny. So, I mean, we do love to joke about and everything and, you know, I do love chicken nuggets. (laughs) Well, I am in a relationship with pizza, so it is my spirit animal. So I can only assume that you have the same kind of affinity with nuggets. So back to Bad Dates in Melbourne, I did distract you then. We did digress. Uh, So how many, so you're getting about 30 messages a day. Mm. What's the process of actually getting a message and then getting it up? How long does it take? And um, is there a lot of back and forth? It or? depends on how busy I am in my regular life at the time. Um, sometimes what I'll you mean? You have a life outside of this? <laughs> Oh, I know. That's blasphemy. Hey, I watched Bridgerton. I watched Bridgerton. Oh. I've just finished, so did I did like have a, it. Oh, I loved it. Did you? I, I just loved couldn't it. get into it. Oh, it was. I just can't understand oh. these women <sighs> standing around waiting oh, yeah. for men to ask them to marry them. Well, it's that's just so. That's how I felt when it started, and then I got twenty minutes in, and I was like, "Oh, where are my smelling salts?" I was, <laughs> I was totally enjoying it. But with Bad Dates of Melbourne, essentially, yes. uh, someone writes in, and it's quite similar to what you mm. see on the page. It's like a big paragraph of you know what happened on a bad date. Sometimes it's funny, sometimes it's touching, Mm. but it's, you know, always interesting. Um, I'll read it. Most of the time I'll give it a little edit for, you know, clarity and length and then post it up. Sometimes I'll go back to them and say, you know, you've forgotten to tell me about, you know, what happened to the person, what did you mean by when you said this, and fill in a few gaps and then we'll put it up. Yeah, because we always need an ending. You can't put something up, an unfinished story. We always need a climax. Oh, absolutely. And people will, I mean, if you post it up without some of, um, you know, me me asking 
few questions and filling in the gaps people would ask in the comments. And the reality is people who write in, look, they're very generous with their time to write in, so I'm really um, grateful to them. Uh, but they're not professional writers, mm. so sometimes they do need a little bit of me tweaking? being like... Well, it's not so much tweaking, it's more like uh, the question that I ask most You're investigating. is... The question I ask most is, what happened next? Yeah. And that will literally just get stitched on the bottom because yep. they'll tell you what happened on the date that was bad and then it'll finish mm-hmm. and then I'll go back and I'll say... That's really interesting. Um, you know, did you see the person again? Did you leave? Did you stay? What happened next? And then they'll go, oh, you know, it, you know, it was X, Y, and Z. And, you know, I'll be like, are you happy? You know, is this all right? And they'll say yes or no, and then we'll post it up. So so if you follow Bad Dates in Melbourne, you would already know that a common theme of dates gone awry are those where one party tends to, for want of a better word, drop a bomb. And yes, it's a loaded one. Uh, So can you share some of your stories with us that don't include feces? (laughs) (laughs) Because they're my least favourite. That is hilarious. In all honesty, I just... Um, Look, they're not for everybody. Not they're not for, for everybody, but for you know, a lot of people do like them. They do. They get so much airplay, and I just don't understand it. <laughs> so I was thinking I might uh, share with you one that I popped up this morning. Perfect. Hit you. us. And I'll, I'll read it to you um, as it is on the page so you can hear it in the person's words. Okay, great. So, he told me to meet him for a coffee. He couldn't wait to meet me in person. I took extra time getting ready in the morning, and I did my makeup perfectly. I strutted my stuff into the coffee shop and waited and waited. Next thing you know, I get a message. Sorry, you're not my type. I just saw you through the window. I was so, so embarrassed. Oh. I picked my sorry bum up and walked back to the office. <gasps> Devastating. Oh. I mean, how embarrassing. I remember, oh. I remember speaking to that person and they were, they were embarrassed. Not that they should feel embarrassed because they have nothing to well, be embarrassed humiliated. about. But it's humiliating. Of course it is. And the because uh, I, um, I have read quite a few. Obviously, I've been following your page for quite some time. I've learned my own tricks of the trade based <laughs> on what happens to other people. And so now I often wait before going into the date so I will get there on time but I'll often sit outside or I'll sit in my car if I've driven and wait for them to message me to say I'm inside or I'm here I'm waiting etc etc so then I will feel comfortable going in because I really want to avoid being stood up publicly and someone sending me a message to say yes sorry it's a no from me oh it would be totally embarrassing. I don't think I'd ever recover. My ego yeah, just but be you dented. Know what? It, it happens all Destroyed. the time. It happens all the time. It's just so, horrific. Yeah, so when I post a story like this, you'll find in the comments a lot of people chip in and they go, oh, that happened to me as well. I thought that I was the only one. I, I was so humiliated, but now I, now I know that this has happened to many other people. I feel a little bit better about it. Yeah. So kind of, you know, when it's people It's form on our behalf that we're actually doing this and treating people in that way. Mm, so yeah. if you're out there and you're listening to, to this... Please stop. Um, so dealing uh, – oh, actually, that was just one. No, no, that was just one. Tell us some more. All I want right, some more. All right. Give so us the, I got the good here. stuff, Ali. Um, how is this one? This is actually from a gentleman. And we do Ooh. have we do have um, people of all sorts uh, submitting stories about that. Perfect. So how's this? I met someone last night off OkCupid for drinks. It went fine. She messages me again after – saying she had a lovely time and we arranged to meet. I then get a further message asking if she could pass her demerit points to me. 
As in, I'd lie and say I was driving her car and take her demerit points. No. And she'd pay me back for the fine. She offered to shout me dinner and drinks in return. I politely declined. She then sent a reply saying she's not interested in meeting up again. <gasps> dodgy. Wow. So dodgy. So dodgy. I, oh, I don't, I don't think I have a response to that. I'm, oh. I don't know what to do with that. It's, it's that, the nerve, the gall, the audacity. Absolutely. And honestly, I mean, men do get a bit of a, a bad rap, rap. So percentage-wise, how many of the men are behaving badly and how many of women behaving badly out there? Uh, From Just based purely on the stories that you get. Uh, just on the stories that I get, it is mostly men behaving badly. And, okay, but and, women yeah. can get up to no good as well. Yeah, they can, they mm. can, they can. Okay, well, ladies, come on. Your demerit points are your own. <laughs> Please don't try and pass them on. Do you have another one? I certainly do. So this is a little bit of a, a sad one, I would oh, say. Okay. Um, I had been speaking with a guy from Tinder for a few months, almost every day, and we organised that this long weekend I would go visit. I made the five-hour trip and turned up to the house address he gave me. When I arrived, no one was home. So I messaged him and said, Hey, I'm here. Where are you? You read it, but there was no reply. I waited about 20 minutes until I realized he wasn't coming. I'm not even sure it was his house. Oh, God. I sent a message asking what had happened, turned around and started driving home. His reply? Whoop, whoop. Whatever that means. I asked why he made me drive all that way, and he said it was for his amusement. A 10-hour round trip for his amusement. I will never again drive to meet someone. That is just horrific. That behavior is galling. Galling. Mm, you know, I think back to um, when I was younger and, you know, driving five hours to meet someone that I thought would genuinely, you know, I was genuinely well, she'd be interested in. I would do it. On yeah, I would totally months. do it. I would yeah. totally do it. So I really empathize with that mm. woman. It's, it's the, the length the that is, we will go to for love, Ali. Yeah, and you know what the thing is? Dating is truly wonderful and beautiful and you know you you meet the love of your life but it's also very disappointing well there's often can be low return on investment it can be very disheartening and i think that you need to have a thick skin um when you do go on regular dates because they're not always going to turn out well and often people don't behave in a way that meets your values or your standards they're behaving in a way that meets their standards and sometimes their standards aren't going to be your standards Mm. so i think that's important to know and also I think um, not taking things personally Mm. I think is um, also probably quite handy. So quickly uh, I just want to ask what's happening with bad uh, dates in Melbourne this year? Anything exciting uh, sort of for 2021 that we need to remain abreast of? I really don't know what I've got planned for 2021. I think with uh, coronavirus making everything a little bit wobbly I haven't planned too much so you know we'll see where the year takes us. And Ali before we quickly go five in five I'm going to hit you with five and see what you've got for me. Best advice your mame gave you? Um, Try your best. Oh bad habit you're trying to break. Using my phone too much. Biggest fear? Heights. <laughs> Last time you cried? I don't even remember. <laughs> a, song that, a song that describes you? Oh, Macarena. I know. I love the Macarena. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that. This is the Cheat Chat Podcast.